Alrighty, welcome aboard everybody. Thank you for joining us today here on uh, the second edition of the HL Flake Security Professionals Business Roundtable. Uh, excited to, to be back with you this Thursday. And we've got a lot of fun topics to talk about today, hopefully to help you with your business and uh, through your business strategies in the current situation that we're all dealing with right now throughout, um, throughout the world. Uh, my name is Chad Lingefeld from Lockdock Security. I'm here in Charlotte, North Carolina, but we've got a great, uh, a great roundtable of guests today with us. So uh, we'll start kind of in my top left, which is Tony Hokinson. Tony, you want to give us a little bit of an introduction? Tell us who you are and where you're from. I think you're on mute, Tony. Yeah, I can't hear you, Tony. Sorry about that. <laughs> Tony Hokinson with Bloomington Security Solutions um, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We own a couple other companies as well, Minneapolis Lock and Key and Assured Security. Um, we are actually in the process of going through a brand change. Um, all of our, our the Bloomington Security name will be going away and we'll be becoming Assured Security, um, serving the whole Minnesota area. So. Awesome. Thank you very much for joining us today, Tony. Uh, excited to have some conversation with you and get some of your input on the topics today. Uh, also over to my right is Mr. Lars Johnston. Lars, welcome from all the way from Canada. Thank you for joining us today. Give us a little bit of introduction. Sure. Uh, Lars Johnston with Calgary Lock and Safe from Calgary, Alberta. That is probably north of wherever you're sitting right now. It's in a little country called Canada. Um, we uh, are very uh, similar to you guys, except uh, we just have different color money. And you'll notice I talk proper English. Um, I don't talk about vehicles. Anyway, our security company is, uh, uh, as I said, Calgary Lock and Safe. Uh, we have about uh, 55 uh, team members, um, handle uh, mostly commercial security. Uh, locksmith services related, uh, but also doors, frames, uh, operators, that kind of stuff. Awesome. And down in the bottom left-hand corner, I see Christy there. Christy, how are you doing? Doing well. Thank you, Chad. Thank you for being back with us today. Give us a, a little bit of introduction for those that may were not on, may have may not have been on the uh, the video last week. Sure. Um, I'm with HL Flake Security Hardware. I've worked for them for a few years. Uh, down here in Houston. Um, I just got a giggle out of Lars about, because you know that was proper English. I can't even do it right. But uh, yeah, down here in Houston, so I feel like at some point I'm going to say y'all, and I'm not even from Texas, I'm from Illinois. So, but I will say it, um, and we'll see how many times. But that's, that's a little bit about me, and yeah. Well, I will go ahead and put a y'all counter on my uh, piece of paper here. <laughs> we'll keep an ear Appreciate it. And if we'll also add an added note on there, if if Lars uses y'all, then we'll just stop the entire meeting altogether. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> bottom right hand corner uh, from St. Louis, Missouri, Mr. Ted Weischer. How you doing, Ted? I'm great. How are you doing? Fantastic. Thank you for being here today. Why don't you give us a little bit of introduction to yourself and your business? Sure. I'm with Weischer Lock of Security. Um, we do traditional locksmithing and electronic security. We also have an audio, video, and home automation division. Um, currently have 23 employees, and we are in St. Louis, Missouri. Cool. Well, we appreciate you being here. So uh, last week we had uh, some conversation about what exactly was happening uh, with, with the world right now from 
the coronavirus and COVID-19 and how it was impacting our business. And uh, today we, we wanted to kind of continue that conversation with some different perspectives, some different, um, different viewpoints, but also kind of get into a little more detail on some of the things that we started talking about last week. So uh, anybody that's watching right now, on YouTube or Facebook. We're on the HL Flake page on both of those. Uh, feel free to share that. Click the share icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Uh, send a text message out. Uh, communicate this out to your social media. I think anybody that's in the industry or anybody that's in small business in general could get value out of the uh, conversation that we're getting ready to have today. And so we want to continue to invite folks into that conversation. So uh, really glad to have you here. I see C&D Locksmith is uh, logged in on the YouTube page and checking us out here. So thank you very much for being here. Um, kind of the topics that I wanted to talk about today, I'll just kind of outline those here at the beginning just so people will understand where we're headed. Um, number one, we're going to talk about some measurables, some KPIs, some metrics, some things that each business is kind of looking at to understand how their business is doing. So understanding kind of the health of their business. We're going to talk about layoffs. What is the outlook? What are some things to consider? Is that something that's happening uh, in our industry and is it something that we need to be mindful of? Um, the payroll protection program, PPP as it is affectionately known, uh, how is that being impacted? Has anybody utilized it? Has anybody had any success with it? Um, leadership, uh, talking about how we're communicating with our employees, how we're communicating with our companies and what, uh, what we're seeing in that aspect. Any marketing messages to our customers and what that looks like. And then um, another point of topic is market diversification. How is your business structured and how have you seen that impacted if you were heavily, uh, heavily uh, in one area of a market, maybe heavily in automotive or heavily in residential, have you seen that as a dramatic drop off versus a, somebody that may have more of a diversification in all of the different type of clients that you serve? So that's kind of the topics that we're gonna jump into today um, and get some feedback from these folks. Uh, a, a, again, diverse um, areas of the country and roles and responsibility, so I think it'll be a fun conversation. So with that, let's jump into measurables and KPIs. Um, I'll, I'll jump to Lars first because I know he is uh, is all about some KPIs and metrics, but uh, get us a little bit of idea. What are you looking at on a day-to-day to, -day to kind of measure the health of your business? Um, we've, uh, we've actually uh, started looking a lot closer on a day-to-day day basis. I mean, traditionally, just for some context here, my role is uh, more looking at month to month, even quarter to quarter, uh, rather than day to day. But with the dramatic impact, I mean, uh, of the last three weeks, March 15th was kind of the beginning for us. Um, that was when our uh, state of emergency came into play in our province. Um, we've, uh, one of the the key things that we are looking at is dispatches created. So uh, I'm going to use the, the term ESC, but whatever CR, CRM you're using, um, ESC is the, the program that we use. And we started looking at our demand on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, just how many dispatches that are created every day. So that's like a service ticket or whatever your vocabulary is. Uh, we were averaging, I look at an average of about six to nine months. Um, and we're averaging about 57 or 58 calls a day. Um, since March 15th, that average has gone down to about 23. Uh, so we've that's well over 50%. Um, that's a pretty easy KPI to, to trend. Um, 
we've started graphing it out, actually looking at spreadsheets and databases, it doesn't seem to have that same kind of kick and that impact. But as soon as we put it in a graph, just simple Excel, dumped it in there, um, and it kind of looks like an EKG. And then we have a line that goes across the middle that shows us anything that is under the average, uh, which has been 15 of the last 16 business days. Um, has been a pretty good indication that things are things are changing. Um, so it's a service request demanded per day is what we're focusing on right now, um, as well as a variety of other things, but I'll maybe stop at that for a sec. Service calls demanded per day is a main number that you're looking at and paying attention to. Um, and you're just, right uh, Chad, just having trouble with your uh, microphone here. Yeah, can't hear you. Ah, well, that's cool. Can you hear me now? Yep. Awesome. Uh, th there you go. Thank there you. There you go. So you're you're watching your average number of service calls, and that has dropped over fifty percent. But that is, and you're measuring that based off of the de basically the demand for service calls per day. That's kind of how you're one of the major components that you're watching for your business right now. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. It's cool. uh, demand per day. So we're we're trying to get an understanding of what the need for our services truly demand. Um, so we're monitoring how many dispatches were created, but also the input that's coming. So phone calls a day, emails received a day. Not that that's a direct correlation, but it does give and imply um, what there, there is a there is a tie between phone calls you receive, emails you receive, and the amount of demand that is created. And so we're looking at those three um, combined. Understood. Uh, I'll go to Ted next to kind of understand what they're looking at. And then I'd be very interested, Christy, from HL Place perspective, what kind of uh, KPIs and metrics that you guys are watching as, uh, as kind of the health of your business? Yeah, so we've taken a lot of information from Lars and duplicated it. We are watching our, our daily. We don't have any historical data for service calls or calls coming in, but we have started tracking it as of this week. So between the shop and our dispatcher, they report every day how many calls came in and of those calls, how many turned into actual billable hours or dispatches. Um, we've also been keeping an eye on, we have a retail store. So we've been keeping an eye on the retail store and logging how many people come in and at what times to see if there's any correlation there. Um, business has, as everybody knows, severely slacked off. Um, we've also been watching you know, our, our inventory and the, you know, the regular day to day, we used to look at this monthly, um, then it went to weekly and now it's daily. Very good. Very good. So Ted, let me ask you a question. So you just said you kind of had borrowed some of those ideas and learned some of those lessons from Lars through a lot of conversations that we've been having. My, my question for you is now that you're doing that, cause you mentioned you didn't have historical data. So I think a big takeaway from there is it's never too late to start just even just in a quick simple thing here's the phone calls we're getting the service calls we're putting in uh, but do you think that will be something that you'll continue on is that a kind of a new rhythm that you guys will be applying as you move forward in business or do you think it's just for right now no absolutely we're going to continue this there's a lot i've learned during these conversations a lot of good information and they're simple easy changes that can have drastic consequences awesome Thank you very much, Ted. Christy, I want to jump sure. over to you, and then uh, Tony will we'll kind of hear what you guys got going on up in Minnesota. Yeah, for sure. So um, 
just like you guys, you know, we track sales per day. So it might be demand based off your calls for us. It's, you know, orders taken, right? So we're definitely tracking our sales per day. We've been doing that for years. So we've got tons and tons of data to track against and see um, how this is impacting us. And that's getting distributed to the decision makers on a daily basis to see where we need to adjust, what we need to do. One item that we've changed a, you know, a little bit and sort of focusing on more is our outbound uh, or our inbound call um, ratio. So we have a target of what, how many calls you want to answer per day, right? And we've been focusing on that for the last year as feedback as we learned from feedback from our customers during surveys. Um, but now with a little bit more time on our hands because the inbound calls have dropped, we're actually now switching and targeting our outbound calls per day is another KPI. And we're making outbound calls to our customers, more so letting them know, hey, guys, we're still open. We're still here for when you need us. You know, let us know what you need. Maybe announcing some of the different activities we have going on, but whatever we feel needs to get communicated. Now, that's a different KPI for us as opposed to the normals, like on time and full delivery and or sales. Gotcha. So some of the new ones that you've implemented based off of the current activities or current, current situation that we're in. Right. Very cool, Tony. Uh, up in Minnesota, what kind of uh, what kind of metrics are you guys looking at to understand the health of your business? Yeah. So one thing, actually, one of our original goals this year was to try to develop more KPIs and metrics, and this has definitely put a importance on that. Um, one thing that we're looking at, similar to Lars, is inbound service calls. Actually, one of our receivable people um, they just started pulling service tickets without even being asked, um, and we started looking at the calls when COVID was happening. Um, now we've actually created a daily scorecard for not only service calls, but AR collected, um, cash collected, ser service amount invoice. Um, so kind of looking at some of the financial pieces that come alongside those service calls and just trying to get a daily monitor on what's going on. Um, we don't have good historical data on that yet. We do in our accounting system, but, you know, as far as this collection sheet, so I'm really curious to see what happens after a couple of weeks and then we'll start modeling that data and develop some trends. Um, but I think, you know, the two most important things, like Lars said, one, KPIs on what's coming in, but then also, are we getting collected on these customers? Uh, one thing, we've definitely seen a slowdown in the incoming calls um, or service calls per day. Um, we've seen a drop about probably 20%, 20, 30%, so not quite as large as what's going on up in Canada. Um, we have actually seen, uh, we don't have any good metrics around this, but we have seen still a decent amount of project requests which is been nice. Um, people still looking to do things, um, just maybe not at the, the quite as fast of a rate as before. So, so Tony and Ted specifically, because I know you just mentioned that these are new new things that you have started um, through these the, through this process, as you don't have a lot of historical data in some of those areas. How is that going to change uh, your business moving forward? I know Ted said that's going to be kind of a new norm. That's going to be something you're going to be watching. But my, I guess my question is, if, if, if you had not implemented that now, what would your process be for monitoring and understanding where your business was right now today when things changed? Ted, Tony, whichever one you want to jump in first. So, so in the past, we had always looked at, um, kind of like you said, a monthly snapshot, quarterly snapshot, yearly snapshot, um, and specifically on the sales standpoint after the fact. I think what this is going to give us is a lot more proactive insights into what's going to happen. Um, and I really like having the uh, daily measurement of, again, okay, here's what's happened today. Here's how this is going to affect us in 30 days and might actually even help us in some staffing and some training initiatives that, you know, we can kind of project into the future. 
um, and just give us more visibility into what's to come. I think uh, COVID has placed an emphasis, a huge emphasis on that, to just make sure that we pay attention to, you know, not only what's happening now, but what's the world going to be like two weeks from now, three weeks from now, um, and that sort of thing. So I see a comment in the chat. Uh, what kind of CRM software is everybody using to track customer information, customer purchases, and other customer-related information? So i just go around the table real quick. Um, Tony, what are you guys using? Uh, we're currently using a software called Kickster. Um, we're actually in the process and migrating into uh, an opening management system um, from you guys uh, to help us with tracking doors and service tickets and that sort of thing. So we're kind of in the middle of, of changing systems. Uh, we've used Kickster for two, three years. It's a nice online web-based portal, but um, we're looking to move towards something that gives us a little more tracking and a little bit more of these KPIs. So, Lars, what are you guys using? Uh, ESC. ESC? Uh, yeah, Electronic Service Cloud, I think. Is the acronym? It's the software-based version of Field Edge. Uh, Field Edge is also pretty common. I think ESC is probably the most common software in the industry. Awesome. Um, that's what we've been. And Ted, what are using you guys using? Years now. We're using ESC as well. ESC. Okay. Yeah. And then, Chris, yeah, if it's applicable, what kind of software do you guys use to manage your stuff? Yeah, I don't know that it's quite applicable because, you know, we're you know, a little bit uh, different of a business model. So we use GP and then we've got certain CRMs that integrate with that. So um, there you go. Not so, for certain if it's quite applicable. So KickServe, ESC, uh, you know, we have our own software that we developed in-house. Uh, there is several other I've, I've heard of. Um, Tiger Paul is another uh, kind of a dispatch software. So there's a lot of them out there. Service service manager i think is another service one. fusion service fusion yeah, there's there's a lot of different software out there just depending on your size of your business and exactly uh what you're trying to monitor so um so tony you just said that you kind of did this on a month-to-month -month basis and that's how you would have understood that but you may not have known it until 30 days after the fact ted what would you guys have typically done in the same situation running into something like this and then being able to figure out what a slowdown looks like Historically, I guess at least a year and a half, two years ago, um, I was solely responsible for looking at the numbers. Didn't have really a, a management team or a leadership team to go over these. Uh, like I said, I guess a year, year and a half, two years ago, um, we've developed that within our company and started, you know, measuring more KPIs for certain things. Um, and, you know, it's really helped out. If you haven't done it, take the time do it set small goals and it, it's it's been a great eye-opener um to us and in, in, in the entire team it helps us move along and, and see where we're we're lacking and you know sales numbers or quotes quotes put it out um that sort of thing yeah i i would agree with you on that and, and that's I, I think that's a, a major takeaway you can start very small very simple just start tracking something but i think the typical model for all of us has been to look in the past and see what we did versus understanding where we are from a day-to-day -day basis i think very similar to to you guys we're monitoring the calls coming in the site visits coming in per day tracking the number of emails and then the other one um, is is tracking our new opportunities so the number of quotes that are being created in a given day uh, and that'll continue to help us understand what that's going to look like 30 60 90 days down the road um, instead of hoping what's going to happen or hoping for a turnaround we'll be able to 
have a better idea of when to project for it. Lars, did you have something to add on that? Yeah, I would be disgusted with myself if I didn't mention the word cash flow. Um, it's the uh, it is the metric that very few small businesses pay attention to. They look at sales. We're all talking about sales and demand and that kind of thing. And sales are great, but if you don't actually get paid for it and your receivables balloon and you continue to pay out, you're you're going to run dry on cash. And cash flow. I'd like to take my. This isn't live, thankfully. So we'll just erase what I said before and just focus on cash flow. No, this um, is live, so Lars. We, this is Lars. Oh, this is live. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Um, so, uh, yeah, but the uh, cash flow is first and foremost number one that we're looking at, um, and that's what has driven us to get to this day-to-day kind of demand uh, KPI that we're looking at. Most cash definitely. is king, Jen. Yes, cash is king. That's what I've heard. The accounts receivable is definitely something to keep your mind on and your eyeballs on because as that continues to grow, that's going to be a difficult thing in your business. Anything else that anybody would like to add on the metrics or measurables category before we move on to the next topic? Receivables, inventory, payables. Those are the three things. Pay attention to those three. So I'm going to add one that's not a typical KPI, but something that we're watching you know, and it's kind of off topic, but on topic, because if you come to the HL Flake site, you'll know one of the things I focus on is safety. And I run HR and finance, so I think it's the HR side of my hat. And one thing right now we're ta- we're tracking that's brand new is close contact log. So if any of our employees come into close contact with somebody else, a customer, a vendor within six feet um, for a frequent or prolonged period of time, we are now tracking that as well. And I think just for measures of safety, I think it's a great thing to add. Not, you know, a financial indicator for us, but it will definitely help keep our employees safe, which is one of the number one things. Very cool. Very cool. You know, on on that chat. One other thing. Sorry, Tony. I was just going to say one other thing I've actually learned from Lars that he's mentioned before is um, something that we're trying to work on is really getting an individual number for um, people in organizations to, to come back to. Um, so whether you work in accounts receivable and you're looking at the cash collected in a day, whether you're looking at inventory and it's a daily inventory number, um, whether you be in a sales and number of quotes put out, get people in your organization numbers that they can be looking at. Um, again, we're not at that point yet. It's something we're working towards, but I think that's great advice um, that just to make sure that people have something they can identify and monitor daily. And um, it's just important. Most definitely. Uh, so we'll, let's move on to the to the next category, which is uh, talking about layoffs, and we can probably group layoffs and PPP together um, as as a as a category. But uh, what are the things that you're looking at from a, a layoff perspective? Is that something that you have uh, had to consider? Is it something that's uh, come up in conversation? And um, and also the the payroll protection program. Are you looking at that in, in that aspect? Uh, well, let's start with uh, Ted. Yes, as of yesterday, we have informed our guys that we are going to be furloughing some people. Um, we, the, the business, the, the locksmith side is, is down. The electronic side is almost non-existent. Um, there's plenty of work out there, but nobody wants us around. Nobody wants us in their houses. Um, places have shut down. They're not letting vendors, anybody outside the company into these facilities. So that has really killed us. Um, we did apply for the PPP 
have not heard back from the bank. Well, I've heard from the bank, but we have not been approved or anything like that. It seems to be a struggle in that regards. Yeah. Thankfully, the guys took it well and understand uh, or understood um, where we were coming from and what we needed to do. It was really the uh, the toughest thing I've had to do. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Tony, what do you what are your thoughts on this? And I know you've you've applied for the PPP as well. What are what are the progress that you've heard on this? Yep, we've applied for the PPP um, from talking with our banker. It sounds like they, we've gotten some sort of an approval number, whatever that means. I um, haven't heard any words and when that what the next steps will be on that. Um, we're hoping to find out more shortly. Um, we haven't uh, laid anybody off. Um, we've been using this time in the downtime to focus on some projects internally that we've been trying to get done over the last um, 6, 12, 18 months. Uh, so really just kind of reallocating some resources and, and putting them towards other uses. Uh, so that way when, when this all ends, we can come out, come out strong. Um, we're kind of monitoring the situation day by day, but we have a lot of projects to work on. And I'm just so far just trying to remain positive and keep Keep going and doing what we can be doing and um yeah so at this point we haven't laid anybody off gotcha christy what are you guys seeing uh in texas um uh, well between you know COVID 19 and the um oil crisis right now as well uh, we're seeing some really down numbers so uh unfortunately we did have to take some measures and it was a really tough tough decision so we did have to lay off a couple people here and there yep um, never easy. So I feel for you, Ted. Um, it, it is one of the toughest conversations you'll ever have to have, you know, and the best we can hope for is that this turns around and, you know, quickly and we can get those people um, that, you know, back in their roles. So. Absolutely. Most definitely. Lars, uh, I know you guys have, have had this conversation as well. What's what's the situation there? Um, what well, we've uh... As crazy as it sounds, we I had a, part, a meeting with my partners Tuesday morning at 9.15, or 8.15, sorry. Um, and we had a plan for how we were going to move forward. And we uh, put some thought into what we would call the essential services within our company that was needed um, because our revenue literally dropped in half. Uh, with like a snap of a finger overnight, it dropped. Um, so we had a meeting at 8.15 and by 10 o'clock, it had completely changed. Uh, so your version of PPP, we have a few different programs. I'm not sure how many Canadians are watching, but I will mention the CERB, that's Canadian Emergency Response Bursary. That is for staff and people specifically. There's the CEBA, Canadian Emergency uh, bank. I'm not sure. That's the one where there's actual lending from the federal government. That's a forgivable loan to a certain extent. And then there's the Canadian emergency wage subsidy. So those are three programs that have come out since Tuesday uh, that are dramatically changing the way we're planning. Um, so it, we're rather than weeding, meeting weekly with our GM and our partnership group, we're actually meeting every day and it's just we're not scheduling calls it's just are you available phone call web chat um, continuing on that way because we have gone from a staff of 57 to a staff of 31 in 10 days um, so yeah it's a it's a it's not even a day-by-day -day thing it's honestly an hour-by-hour -hour thing up here 
It's uh, just having everyone uh, paying attention to the information that is out there and planning based on what you can for right now and being ready to change that in an hour if you have to. Most definitely. So things are happening and changing very rapidly. There's obviously in America, there's some programs uh, that are available. I think the, the general consensus across all small business right now is that it's the, the offerings that they have available are not easily accessible at the current moment, uh, whereas it sounds great in theory, but uh, there's still a process and a time period and it's not going to be anything quick and immediate. And so uh, I think um, I don't know about everybody else on the call, but I know from our perspective, it was this, this thing as we were walking into it, thinking that it was going to be something quick and it was going to become available red, quickly and readily available. And that obviously is, is changing the tone very, very quickly. So it's just a continual conversation of uh, what does this look like? How are we going and how are we progressing? Um, which, I th yes, go ahead, Lars. Sorry, I was going to say, so Chad, even on that note, um, you know, our in our world, our, our federal government has posted a details to be announced. Um, so our strategy has been effectively is we're talking upstream with our suppliers and just saying, you know, we are going to make these payments. Generally speaking, our suppliers are larger, larger companies than us. And they, you know, we've been a good, com uh, good customer of theirs, of ours, and, and they, they understand where we're coming from. Everyone's in the same boat. So we've just had these conversations said listen um we're not we're not in trouble now but we don't want to be in trouble and so we're waiting to hear what the government has to say about these and a release date specifically and they've all been under the same you know we we get it that makes sense so that's really lessened the pressure on us the other avenue we took is we've been talking to our bank um and right now I'm, i can't speak to the american banks but the canadian banks they're they just basically have thrown up their hand and say hey if you can if you have money, great. And if not, don't worry about it. Um, we don't know what this looks like. We don't really have a plan yet, uh, but we'll do whatever we can to keep you in business. Sure. And that, that was a message right from uh, March 15th. Uh, absolutely must call your banker, talk to them, talk to your accountant, because they're usually the front line. External accountants are usually the front line to know what programs are coming out, because um, everything does have a tax implication. <laughs> Nothing's free, um, but those are absolutely the first first calls to make. Most definitely. So there's a lot of variation, obviously, and that's I think that's one of the really um, impactful things to understand when you start talking about business as a whole, because uh, we're all in different segments of the country um, and in two different countries. And so we have such a unique perspective across the board that we can all apply. So maybe what if, if folks that are watching this may see something completely different in their area, maybe their state or their city. And I would imagine there's going to be a great divide even amongst uh, cities and states. So um, it's, it's really understanding what it is and shoring up kind of those resources at your local level is going to be the main priority and objective for everybody. Uh, so is, is there, uh, Christian, I would imagine that you follow some of this stuff on the, the PPE side, or PPP side. Have you seen anything, any changes? Have you heard anything different than what has already been, kind of been discussed? No, um, you know, we obviously have been watching it closely, not, you know, in my peer group as well. Um, so I think the best thing you can do is just, you know, keep checking back with the government site. They're out, you know, they have the FAQs. Um, 
there's still a lot of ambiguity kind of in, in the forgiveness process of what this is going to actually look like down the road. I think there's still a lot of research and clarification to come out. So just keep your eyes on it. Kind of interestingly, as I was, I was thinking about this call, thinking that we have most, you know, a lot of silver partnerships on this call and or uh, 1099ers or whatever it may be. Um, the sole proprietors, they kind of, I, from what I understand, I thought their applications don't start until tomorrow, but they can actually apply now. And then those in the U.S. that, you know, have the 1099s, um, their applications open up tomorrow. And I was looking online, looking at, there's tons of videos out there, people, accountants especially, giving information. And I saw this one, JJ, the CPA, I think it was, kind of entertaining fella, if you want to Google him. Um, I don't know him at all. Can't really vouch for him, but he has some good information for the smaller businesses. So um, if you're interested, I just send people that way as well. Awesome. Thank you very much. So I want to kind of move along. Any other closing thoughts on that before we, we move on? I know. Go ahead, Tony. Uh, one thing I would add to that, I know you guys talked about this last week on your call, but in case there's any new people, also to look into the EIDL loan, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan through the SBA. Um, again, I know you talked about that last week, but just something else that it's not as forgivable. There are some grants associated with it, but it's also a good form of financing to people to look into that. Again, it's one of those things that's hard to get right now, but it'd be probably good to look into for, for future and um, stay on top of it. And the other thing I was going to say, large mentioned your accountant and your banker. I would definitely say to reach out to them if you haven't, but also uh, make sure you have a good um, HR or legal guidance as well. Through this. There's so many employment laws changing. Um, if you don't have someone you reference for HR consulting or legal advice, I recommend you find someone um, because it's, it's changing so quickly and there's so much stuff changing. We, we have a, a lady that we've used for the last two, three years that's been great. And um, I basically have her on speed dial at this point. Um, and um, I just recommend that people make sure they have someone they're checking with because there is a lot of new stuff that's coming out from a, a safe and sick or I don't know, sick time policies and um all those stuff so just recommend that if you aren't talking to an hr person to start most definitely um on that note i, I think it is it's also very important to reach out to all of your other contacts from uh, if you have any uh, vehicle loans or any lease for uh, your facilities because I, I spoke with a commercial real estate broker earlier today and he said that he was having a lot of those conversations and He's seeing it on the leasing side that the, the conversation is being very, drawn very uh, mutually uh, understanding that everybody is going to have to work together to move through this. So uh, if you haven't already, uh, make sure you ask those questions and start those conversations. Um, I know for us personally uh, with, with uh, our organization, we reached out to um, some folks that are doing some financing on some of our fleet and they were happy to be able to uh, to, to shift some of those payments towards the end of the, the lifetime of that of that financing. So op, there's opportunities out there. There's there's possibilities out there. Just don't don't hesitate to ask. Uh, I want to move on to the leadership capacity of the conversation, and I really want to dive in for for, for those that are listening or uh, that are watching this. Going, hey, you know, what does this mean? How do I need to communicate with my organization? Uh, I've heard outside of our company some of uh some some spouses uh businesses that they're working for how they are not hearing anything from their company and they're just they're just kind of we don't know what's going on and so 
I'm, I'm interested because I feel like it's a, it's a natural obligation that we just we're communicating to our team, but I don't know that that's the natural case for everybody. So from a leadership perspective, what are you communicating to your, your employees? How often are you communicating to your employees? What is that conversation actively looking like right now? And what are the things that you've had to change uh, since this process started? Uh, so I'll, I want to jump down to Ted and then we'll, we'll go to Lars uh, just to, to kind of keep this conversation going. Sure, we, uh, we do communicate with the, our, our team daily. Um, we have some, you know, the one thing we've never done in the past are, are these video meetings. Um, so we had to get up to speed on that. We do handle those uh, every day. You can do it with it, uh, inside the Teams app and uh, we are keeping them informed daily of what's going on. Progress, asking them to, hey, look for work look for something that we can do. Um, we've also asked all of our team members if there's anybody that has marketing skills or video skills or anything like that so we can prepare for the uptick of this, um, and, you know, and it will be here. So we have that marketing material out there. We're keeping in touch with them at, right now, um, just, you know, in the hopes that this is going to end soon. Most definitely. I, th I think, Ted, you mentioned that a couple of days ago in a conversation we had. Uh, it, it was either yourself or Mark had mentioned. I thought that was a really good idea. Really talking to your team and saying, okay, if these are the things that we can't do right now, but what are the things that we can do and what skill sets do you have that, are, that we're not normally utilizing and how can we mutually kind of work together on that? So I think it's a really, a really a good thing to think about in these times. Lars, what are your thoughts on, on the, uh, the aspect of leadership in these times? Um, you know, it, uh, it's one of those things you're not really prepared for, obviously. Uh, the uh, leadership just kind of happens. And, you know, the one thing I try and I'm trying to take the positive out of this, um, you know, it, it, it's still terrifying what's happening. And it really is. Um, the other side of that is there's a lot of opportunity um, to really see what your people are capable of. I, I love what Ted was talking about. It, it's amazing when you throw it out there, man, I wish we could do a video, uh, you know, to, to say something. And you know, one of the one of the team members says, oh, actually, yeah, I used to do that in another job, I could do that. And you know, you're just blown away at the capabilities of the rest of your team. So having that conversation, um, you know, I, I really struggled when this first happened, if we went back say three weeks, and I had a conversation with uh, Oh, I hate to do this publicly, Chad, but I was speaking with Chad, um, and uh, you know, and I was I was really struggling with how much transparency I wanted to uh, to go with, and it was because I because the information was changing so quickly, um, I felt like I would say one thing, and then it would start getting through the organization, but it, and then it would change, and I was contradicting myself constantly, so I didn't want to say anything. And Chad referenced a book, and I don't remember which. Um, we said basically in times like this, um, the approach he's taking is over communication, over transparency. Um, and you know, and I thought about that and thought, you know, what the heck? You know, I'm showing a little bit of vulnerability and just saying, you know, I, I really don't have a clue. I don't have the answers, and I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking. I'm going to tell you the strategy of the company, and I'm going to give it my best. Um, so what we've done uh, that has received incredible uh, feedback from our group 
is at the end of every day, we use Slack internally. So just an internal messaging system. Um, I send an announcement to everyone in the company and it follows the same guidelines every day. First and foremost, it's a thanks to everyone that is working together to make this possible. It's always a thank you because honestly, I'm, I'm sitting at home. Um, I'm not at the highest risk level of our guys that are still out in the field doing what they can and we depend on them. And we have a support team and our community and we talk about the feeling of safety. That's what our company provides is a feeling of safety. And so it's the greater good and it's kind of the rallying cry that you can you can tell by the messages and the feedback we get that our team is really coming together. And we are better as a team and a culture right now than we've been in 10 years because everyone is rallying behind this common enemy. Um, so we talk about uh, the feeling of safety and then follow it up with policy change that so we have a wellness procedure, a COVID-19 wellness procedure that everyone follows. Um, includes, it, it's essentially spray in, spray out is what we call it. So we clean doors when we get there. We clean doors after we leave, we wear gloves, uh, we wash our hands after everything and don't touch your face. That's the nuts and bolts of our wellness procedure. Uh, it's just an outline that we reference every day. We give to our customers so they know what we're doing. Um, and then quickly change to the benefits. So this is all like three or four paragraphs. It's very short. Uh, talk to the benefits. So any of the programs that are available, any of the health benefits that you can use um, that the company pays for. Uh, and then just a quick update on COVID-19. Um, the reason why I do that, I try not to focus on the negatives, but there is so much information out there good bad and otherwise the frustration is you will read or hear something from a source that just doesn't have the credibility and so the message that we say every day i finish every announcement every day we educate yourself no unnecessary risks and flatten the curve and it's the same message every day. And then I put the source that is our government website that is the chief health officer of the province of Alberta. And this is all coming from her because I want people to use facts, not opinions, focus on the facts, stay educated, stay safe. Um, and the amount of feedback that I've had internally from this method is more than I've got in the eight years of doing this. Yeah, I think one of the, the interesting things about all of that is once you ramp up your communication in times of crisis, what is the new rhythm? And it kind of goes back even to the KPIs and metrics. What is the new rhythm that you're, gonna, that you're going to uh, work off of as you move forward? Tony, we'll come to you next to kind of get your thoughts on the, the changes in leadership or uh, maybe how you've had to adapt in this process and how you're communicating with your team. But I, I do think that it is interesting um, in, in every one of these scenarios so far, it's creating a new rhythm, a new process, and then what are we looking at on the on the outside of this, are we gonna go back to the way we were, or are we going to be able to apply some of these things uh, moving forward? Tony, how are things uh, from your perspective? Just the one thing I was gonna say is I was actually gonna to touch on normalcy, and you kind of just hinted at it there, is we've been trying to, A, try to just develop some sort of normalcy. Um, people are used to being in a rhythm. They don't like being stuff changing every day, and unfortunately, stuff is changing every day. And one thing I've been saying to our team lately, the last couple of days, is we seem to have settled into a new norm 
Um, it's a much different norm than we were at a long time or, you know, a couple months ago, but it is a new norm and we're trying to at least develop some sort of consistency. Um, with that, we're also trying to still do some of the stuff that we used to do, which is uh, all company meetings. So we had our all company meeting last week um, and we did it through a conference call format, um, which is the first time we've ever had to do that. But I think that was that was really good to, to keep that normal thing. We have a meeting the first Wednesday of the month. Um, everyone dialed in. Um, and what we did at the end of it was to just have everyone go around and say one good thing that's come out of COVID, uh, one silver lining. And it was actually very valuable just to focus on the positive. Um, I myself try to always remain positive and be optimistic. And I think it's good to keep that in mind that out of this, we are going to develop new processes and new norms that are going to be good. Um, another thing we've been focusing on with communication is just being intentful um, and, and making sure that we are doing that communication. I think before we kind of just did it you know, when it was convenient and now it's not convenient at all because people are home, people are working remote. Um, I haven't been to our main office in Bloomington for almost a month, um, but I've been very intentful about making sure to call employees, uh, communicate with employees, ask them how things are going, um, just kind of check their temperature on what's going on with the situation. And we've been encouraging our leadership team to do the same and really everyone to just kind of check in on employees. Um, you know, now more than ever, I think it's important for people to delegate and rely on, on their team to, to solve problems. And, and I think that goes back to communication as well, which is we can't physically uh, gauge everyone's temperature. Uh, we have 43 employees. I can't call all 43 employees every day. Um, but, you know, it's important to delegate to your team members and let them know that uh, we're thinking about them and that we're planning for them and engage their opinion, engage their reaction. Um, they're out in the field working. Um, and, and I just want to make sure that we're getting their feedback because they're seeing a, a totally different world than, than what we're seeing. So, Yeah, creating opportunities to hear from your team as well as communicate the consistency so that everybody understands the objectives and perspectives. Christy, what, is, uh, what has been the changes with HL Flake and, uh, on, a, on a totally different scale? Ah, you know, it's been, it's been you know, as much as I can say, fun as it can be. Um, we were actually talking just the other day that this is creating for the leadership team itself so much more trust within the group because you know we're all being pulled in a million directions and it's kind of like we're being very candid with one another we're asking for exactly what we need when we need it and setting priorities and i think that's huge for us as, as a leadership team but that's trickling down um into the the other teams as well so i think that's one thing Obviously, like the rest of you, we're communicating, um, you know, very frequently. So Mark is sending weekly emails and then we post those on our uh, Paylocity site. So Paylocity is our payroll provider. But what's kind of what I love about it is it's got like an internal, it's called community. It's a Facebook, but for only the employees of the company. And so it creates a feed and there's different groups within that. And so we also post our announcements there, which, which works really well for a lot of our employees that are in the warehouse, they don't have an email, so they can't see an email. So this has become extremely, extremely valuable in these times because now all of our employees can see any written messages and we can also post video updates as well, which is you know obviously needed right now. Um, what's kind of bloomed out of that is one of our associates at our sister company, IKS, who were on the same feed, um, she started a Corona amusement group. And so what's going well in your day? What can we have, you know, just message of positivity. It might be a kid spinning around in the office chair at home, whatever it is, just something that brightens your day. And so I think that's one huge takeaway. If I can encourage any one of you, 
always start the meetings with something positive because there's a lot of fear out there. There's a lot of aspects that look doom and gloom and whatnot, but we will come out of this. We will come out stronger. We're going to come out a better team. And so we're always trying to put the positive message. And that's one thing that Mark does really well in his written communications is starting with a win. Where did we have a win this week or this day? And that is beautiful to focus on and then focusing on the future wins. I think that's just as huge as well. I, th I think it's interesting um, and, and just from the experience being around the industry for the, the past 15 or 16 years, I think it's very typical for our industry to have a high level of cynicism, to be a little cynical, um, because we are constantly working and fixing other people's problems, um, and so it's it's a it's not a it's not a normal or uh, a, a regular thought process to go to the positives first. And so I, I would issue that out as a challenge to our entire industry, especially right now find the positives be intentional this was a message to our leadership team the other day be intentional about finding the positives because it's easy for us to point out all the negatives very very quickly these are the negative things that are happening these are the things that are going wrong these are the things that we can't do but if you start with the positives find positive ways to or, or look be intentional about looking for those positives and highlighting those it's going to make everybody's day a lot better and easier to deal with um, so, anything else, any other thoughts on leadership that we have, that we missed out on or anything else we wanted to add? Well, Chad, I would throw in there, we've all kind of mentioned it, um, but it's, uh, we talked about video, video voice versus voice and where normally you walk around and see people and you, you chat and you're in the office and that kind of thing and, you know, three weeks ago, I, we probably didn't do, you know, a, a video chat ever. That was, uh, it just, it was uncomfortable. Now it's the new normal. Like video chat, you pop in, there's all kinds of apps. But the, the, the personal connection from a video versus just a phone call is a thousand times. If you're not doing video chat right now, absolutely should. Um, you can use it in Slack, you can use Ring Central, you can use Zoom, there's House Party, there's FaceTime, there's a bunch of different ones. Doesn't matter, pick one and use it. It's infinitely better than just voice most definitely good good add-on uh i i know we're we're kind of pushing up towards an hour mark so i want to be mindful of that um i one of the ideas that we had talked about was marketing messages to customers i want to skip past that and i really want to talk about market diversification because i think this is one of the things as an industry um, that some of us are struggling with in, in different areas. The structure of your business, the clients that you serve, uh, based off of the diversification that you have. So in the, what I'm saying with that is, uh, if you're heavily in automotive or heavily in residential, and those things just cut off, you know, it's like a water faucet and it just shuts off all of a sudden. What are your other ways to adapt and pivot? What are the other, what are the other markets that you can serve? So I want to get some thoughts on that, um, is kind of how your business is split up, how you've seen those different segments impacted and, uh, what are, what are your thoughts on making sure that you're keeping, uh, keeping that very diversified, especially now, but as you move forward, uh, anybody can free, be free to jump in on that to get started. I'll start out. Um, we have a pretty diverse business. Uh, we do pretty much everything in the aftermarket. So we do residential locksmithing. Uh, we do safe work. We do commercial property managers, commercial locksmithing. We do multifamily locksmithing. We do commercial electronic security. 
Um, we kind of do a little bit of everything, doors and frames, handicap operators, um, just saying it is kind of a mouthful and complex. But, um, and it's one challenge that we have in our business is kind of streamlining all of those things. But I think now more than ever, I'm kind of thankful we have all those different diverse businesses. Um, and one thing we're doing is really trying to take a look at which businesses are affected most during this and, and, and almost using it as an opportunity to look at, okay, where's our business going to be three years from now, five years from now? I just had a conversation this morning um, with one of our employees about, you know, what's our business going to look like 15 years from now and what's still going to be around and where should we be focusing on? And it's, it's kind of weird to think about that far in the future, but I think some of the, the changes that are happening right now are going to have long lasting effects on people are going to go to the office less. People might, I just saw something this morning that um, they recommend that you never shake hands again, which is just a weird thing to think about. Um, but I think now more than ever, it's important to think about how is our business going to change and what's it going to look like in the future and, and take another look at diversifying a little bit. Yeah, I, it was awkward yesterday. I walked up to somebody and shook their hand. And it, it, as soon as it happened, we both stared at each other like, what have we just done? You know, it's like immediately running to hand sanitizer, but it is, it's, it's a natural reflex that you have. Uh, and now you're having to break that and change it. So there's going to be some new normal associated with it. All your faces just like was, Oh my God, what just happened? But yes, it's, it, it was true. Um, it, I think it's very, very interesting. So thinking about future proofing your business from a, uh, from a, or as best as possible from a diversification standpoint is a good thing, a good exercise to go through. Ted, what are you seeing from uh, that aspect from your business diversity? I know you have kind of two separate arms of your business, but what does that look like for you guys? Um, well, regarding what we have going on now, the, the electronic security side is, is pretty much nothing anymore. Um, we have diversified just a little bit. Um, we started supplying churches with video streaming for mass since we were in the AV side. It was a quick learning process. Uh, we're still marketing it, but I think we've done three or four churches that are, you know, happy about that. And um, it can also be used in the future when this is all over for people who can't make it to church but still want to attend mass. Um, that's that's really about it. Other than that, we're just we're struggling and trying to look for whatever we can. Uh, it was and and for you guys, that was kind of a very easy pivot or an easier pivot because you were already in the AV world for a part of your business, and so it was just kind of learning a new component of that, which is was a was a definite good move, and it provides a great value to uh, a completely different market. Uh, Lars, what are you what do you guys see from from a, a diversified market standpoint? Uh, well, for once, the procrastination and uh, maybe laziness uh, kind of worked out for us. We've been talking about uh, focusing specifically on commercial for years and just cutting residential and cutting automotive. Uh, just never got comfortable with pulling, my trigger, pulling the trigger on that. And now um, it's uh, turning out to be our commercial. No one's leaving their house. So no one's actually going to work. Um, so there are no commercial requests coming in. We are still seeing some residential. What we're trying to do is advertise at some niche markets. One of them I've talked about, we, we're about to roll out uh, an operation thank you um, aimed at first responders specifically. Uh, anyone that is on the front line, um, you know, basically we'll do whatever we need to do to do something nice for them. Um, it does uh, keep us some of our guys somewhat busy. Uh, that's the hope. 
but you know, just just a thank you to the community in general as well. We're trying to take care of ourselves right now. Um, we are moving to some lots of hands-free stuff. You know, are you ever going to open the your door with uh, your hands anymore? Are you going to move move to an app? Um, that kind of thing. We've talked about operators quite a bit. Their automatic doors and wave wave to open. You know, how many bathrooms and restaurants when they do open again? How many bathrooms are going to be okay with? Um, or restaurants going to be okay with their bathrooms being pushed open? Um, we've had a couple strange pivots that I'd like to say was planning and it all came together, but you know, we just answered the phone. Um, but we've had a couple customers um, asking that we install plexiglass or Lexan or that over top of their security entrances uh, just to remove that uh, risk. Um, so we've actually installed a few of those now, um, which is, I mean, we don't have a clue what we're doing, but you know, we, we figured it out. Um, the the biggest maybe change we've had i mean we've gotten fat and lazy you know excuse the expression but we've gotten fat and lazy as a business we just answer the phone that's really all we have to do as far as work for sales go these days just answer the phone yeah oh you need something sure we can do that for you you know that that's kind of the way we've gone so actually going out and selling is almost like almost like a challenge for us but the thing we have been looking at right now is the one, again, the, one of the nice things, a silver lining of COVID is there aren't people leaving their houses, which means there are a bunch of empty buildings around. And if there's empty buildings, you can get a lot more work done. Um, so what we've been talking about is we've been reaching out to the major property managers that we work with that, you know, have the 50, 60 story buildings and say, hey, your, for instance, your key system is a real mess why don't you let us go in and do an audit for you and tell you what you need you don't have to spend the major dollars to upgrade it right now but while there's no one there we can do this at an effect of an affordable price because there's no one in the building and we here's our procedures and we follow our wellness thing and that generally qualms it but we've we've really started focusing on doing security audits because and really highlighting hey there's no one around we don't have to, we're trying to do stuff on the door and there's no one walking through the door every five minutes. This is going to save us time, which will save you money. So you can plan for when and if you do decide to do something. Um, so that's been really effective for us. We've had uh, three or four larger projects come down that way. And it was just, you know, all the things that was on your to-do list and all the customers, oh, I meant to reach out to this guy and reach out to this guy and this, this lady I haven't spoken to. And now is the time to do it. And it's actually working well because we're just making the suggestion and they're saying, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Can you be there tomorrow? It's like, yeah, perfect. I, I think that's a very value and it's a, it's a valuable service to offer and just kind of understanding that it's going to be a lot less stressful on the tenants and the building management and uh, your folks at the same time, your personnel at the same time is going to be less stressful because you're not going to have as many interruptions or disruptions in that process. Uh, but I, I think understanding that as a whole, uh, you know, you, you mentioned several different kind of opportunities to move into as things start kind of getting back to, to more normal states, but it is going to change the way that we all interact 
with our door handles, with our, uh, our openings as a whole. So I think it's something to be intentional about. I know for our business, um, years ago, uh, it was very reliant, and this was back when the economy had major struggles uh, back in you know, 15, 16 years ago. Um, and the, it was very heavily tied to new construction and to uh, upfits. And so the entire business model was really run by uh, rekeys for new upfits, for new tenant move-ins. And then all of a sudden that crashed. Uh, and so that entire business was just kind of like, well, this is, nothing's happening. And uh, it was a very interesting and eye-opening experience that the business has continued to understand and adapt as we've gone forward. Not to say we're perfect at it by any stretch, but mindful of uh, diversifying into having some business in K through 12, some in universities, some in healthcare, some in new construction, some in uh, upfit construction, and being just very intentional about where we're at because when one area dies or one area is struggling, other areas may not be or they may rise up. You have understand right now, Healthcare is is still kicking. They have all of their facilities overcapacitated. Uh, you've got manufacturing. There's a lot of manufacturing happening. There's a lot of uh, warehousing happening. And so, just understanding where kind of your market segments are located, uh, in, and you're going to you're going to to have some opportunity there at least. Christy, what are you guys seeing from that? I know your your business is diversified into supplying materials for a specific segment, but as your customers, I guess, are diversified, you'll see those those different things happening. What are your thoughts on that? Right, yeah. Now, I was going to say, y'all are our customer. You know, locksmiths <laughs> and security professionals will continue to be. So uh, uh, we do count on you. So uh, please get diversified if you're not already. I think it's a very smart move. Um, with that, last year, we made the intentional move to get a little bit more strategic around access control. And we felt we were, you know, not as strong as we could be there. So um, we invested in some human resources, some people that had some talents there, a little bit more than we already had in the business that could really help out our customer base. Um, so we're look, always looking for those opportunities as well as making sure we've got the right products on hand for your diversification. Um, so making sure that we're stocking the right items. And uh, we actually just got in a really cool tool yesterday we were trying to get out in our warehouse and i couldn't tell you what it is to save my life because could but it's it takes your picture when you walk in it can clock you in it takes your temperature and it's hands-free so it's beautiful because we actually turned off our punch-in time clock because we don't want people all touching the same time clock right um and so now you just walk in it sees your face it knows who you are and it takes your temperature and tells you you're okay um which you know is kind of important these days so um, it's just making sure we've got the right things, the right tools, the up and coming stuff you'll need. So if there's something we don't, reach out for sure. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that. Um, we were having a conversation uh, with, with one of the groups that we were meeting with the other day, and one of the ideas came up um, that biometric readers were a big, big thing, and they still are a big thing, right? Biometric readers. Well, the thing is with biometric reader is you have to touch with your finger, your hand, or something on on a particular device. And so we've started to get calls of people going, hold on a second, uh, what do we need to do to revert back to a, a key fob or a card or a mobile credential because we don't want to touch these these uh, these these biometric readers anymore, uh, which. I would have never guessed to be the case, but again, that's something else to understand. There's a lot of that opportunity that people are going, okay, well, we were really going down this path and you got to think biometrics is at least fingerprint or handprint stuff is probably going to go to the wayside uh, as, as we move out of this. You know, Chad, it, 
maybe it's a, a, a challenging uh, thing to bring up, but you know, something that's re very realistic. This is a time of distressed assets. There are going to be, unfortunately, some people that aren't going to make it through on the other side of this. Um, and that is an opportunity for companies with stronger balance sheets um, and honestly, just with better luck um, to look at some of these distressed assets and add to their portfolios and increase their market share in that uh, in that manner. If there are going to be people looking to, to sell what they can and get out of it what they can. Um, and that is something that you know we, we haven't actively pursued yet because we're still trying to get a grasp. But I think in the next probably month, six weeks, two months, three months, you're going to see a lot of companies that weren't, you know, that ran at a thinner, thinner cash flow mark, um, that they're going to need somebody or something to get them out or just close a shop. So distressed assets is certainly something uh, that is on our radar, maybe, maybe a little distasteful at the moment. Well, we appreciate uh, the, the insight and input on that. I do want to be mindful of time. We're, we're right at uh, a little over an hour mark. I appreciate Tony, Lars, Christy, and Ted, all of your insight and input. Any closing thoughts that you'd like to share as we, as we kind of uh, head out of here today? Awesome. Well, encouragement there. <laughs> we, we appreciate uh, everybody's perspective and input. I think this is valuable information for any small business, but also for the security industry. Um, I am not exactly sure what the future looks like for this call, but um, hopefully we've got some continued interest. We never did really get into the marketing messages, so maybe that'll be a future conversation that we can bring some folks in and, and uh, have a conversation around. But we appreciate that. Again, if you're watching this, if you're listening, to this if you're seeing this um, share it um, it should be posted on the hl flake page on youtube and facebook and you can share that out and uh, and allow those folks uh, all the other folks in the industry to be able to see it as well so again thank you very much thank you for hl flake for uh, helping to host this and push this out and uh, we'll see you guys next time Great.